What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of The, of the Play, Play Callers. Y'all know what it is, man. Friday night interactive live sports talk. We're half the dynamic duo, your co-host, Stephen Fox. Joined as always by my co-host. Boom. That will be me. Cool the same, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As y'all see, man, we uh we having a little fun tonight right now with some uh some new music and uh living life, man. So appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. If you are new here or you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button down in the bottom right hand corner, though. Yes, sir. So cool. I gotta I gotta ask you, man. Um, what happened last night, man? You. You swore me up and down that Milwaukee was going to win game two. I told you what well, happened, man. Well, swear you up and down maybe a little bit of an exaggeration on your I mean, part. That's what I heard but in I my was, head. Well, I mean, I can't control what you heard in your head, but I was very confident that Milwaukee could come on and win yesterday, and then they disappointed me. Everybody on that team has disappointed me in game two except for Giannis and Pat Connison. Everyone else, trash. Overall, you have to be better if you're Chris Middleton, if you're Drew Holiday, than the fourth and fifth best players on the other team. If you can't do that, what are you doing in the finals? At the end of the day, man, you got to look at it this way. It's the NBA finals. People spend their whole career never get there. People only get there one time. You're in the NBA finals and you're playing like this. Now, people can say what they want, but I don't think you can blame Giannis. Giannis is out there, bum knee, dropping 42, I believe it was 42, uh, 12 and 4. 12 rebounds, 4 assists. 42 points, 20 in the third quarter. Where's your team at? Right. You know what I'm saying? You got to have help. My my expectation, of course, was for other people to decide to come to the, the field, the, the, the court to play. But apparently, you know, only one person decided he really wanted to play last night. And Drew Holiday decided he wanted to take a whole bunch of shots and not make them. So if you're a left-handed, if you're a guy that shoots layups left-handed and you miss like three in a row, um, use the other hand, bro. Don't wait till the second half. Use the other hand. That dude missed, in my estimation, I haven't looked at the stat for this because I just didn't, but in my estimation, he missed at least like seven to eight layups. Not 10 to 12 layups. Layups. Well, I'm, I'm going to say, man, I I was impressed Lips. that you even looked up Giannis's stats. So Lips. the fact that you knew any stats at all is impressive to me because we all know you are not a stat guy by any means whatsoever. <laughs> and you're right. The, the Bucks, other than Giannis, nobody really showed up. But you know who did show up? Big Bron Brady. Big Rob <laughs> over in the chat. What's up, Rob? Appreciate you showing up tonight and showing some love, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. What's up, Rob? But yeah, I, you know, honestly, I didn't expect for Milwaukee to show up. I kind of expected for guys to still not show up. And one thing I saw in this Phoenix team, because, you know, I've been seeing ever since they eliminated L.A. that I thought they had a good chance of getting to this point and winning it all. And I got all the, the knocks on them. I got the whole they keep getting lucky with all the injuries. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that with a, he- a healthy Anthony Davis and a healthy LeBron or even a healthy Kawhi for the Clippers, that the Suns are here right now because they're probably not. But despite that, this is a team that I've watched their confidence grow. I've watched their role players get more comfortable. And this is a team that did have the best role record in the NBA. So I'm not surprised by this. This is exactly what I expected to happen. I thought that they had too much firepower for Milwaukee. Now, with that being said, I know a lot of people are already writing this series off. They're already saying it's over. I told you yesterday, before the game even got played, that regardless of what happened, even though I was picking Phoenix to go 2-0, Milwaukee's doing the next two games. This is going to be 2-2 two two after 4. Milwaukee's going to go back home. Their role players are going to play better. Phoenix will still play well. I don't think they're going to get blown out. The games might be close. They may get lucky and steal one of them games in Milwaukee, but... I think that Milwaukee's gonna play much better at home, and this is gonna be two and two after four. Yeah, a lot of people need to relax. I, yeah. 
You got uh, major sports analysts all over TV, people in all these groups and everything, groups that I'm in as well. Oh, Phoenix is up 2-0. It's over. It's going to be a sweep. Um, just to quickly explain something to people who watch sports. When you have a seven-game series, the first two games are on the road if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. So if you win one of those games, it's cool because it gives you that, that, that quick grab. You don't need to win one of the first two games to win the series. Straight up tell you that. And the reason you don't need to win one of those two games to win the series is because you're still going to have two games at home. So all the people that are running around saying the series is over now, got one in the comments, this is what you got to realize. After these two games in Milwaukee, Milwaukee's role players go home, do their thing, it's 2-2. Are we still saying the series is already over? No, we're not. Because now we're back to square one. We're back to, the, we're back to the best out of three. Now, if Phoenix goes in and wins one of these two games in Milwaukee, that complicates things a lot for Milwaukee. But it's not a point to be concerned right now. If you're Milwaukee, you want to win one of the first two games so that you can already have that game you need on the road one. But Milwaukee can win one game on the road and still win the series if they protect home court. They haven't played a home a home court game in the series yet. Got to remember one other thing, too. The same thing happened to them against who everyone said had the best firepower in the league, even without one of the top three players. In Brooklyn, they went down 0-2 to Brooklyn, and what happened? If memory serves me correct, since we're talking about Milwaukee in the finals and not Brooklyn, Milwaukee came back and won that series. So let's not quite write off a team that's been in this position before and has already done it yet. Let's not quite wrap them off yet. You know, I understand there's a lot of people, especially where I'm at, that are repping for Chris Paul because of North Carolina. Chris Paul has been in the league 16 years. This is his first time in the finals. So people can feel whatever common way they want about that, but I will say this. Now, because he's in the finals, he's getting all this love. A lot of y'all won't ride with Chris Paul last year, the year before that, five years ago, 10 years ago. But now, all of a sudden, because he's in the finals, we ride with Chris Paul. Chris Paul needs to do it. Chris Paul love. That's cool, but I'm not doing that. I'm remembering the Chris Paul from his career. I'm not going to give him a one year window because he's doing it with this Phoenix team who, by the way, just to make a point, probably would have been in the NBA finals or at least the Western conference finals last year, had they gotten the playoffs because they were the only undefeated team in the bubble. Ponder on that. You know, the thing that I'm going to look at with this Phoenix team and, you know, Rob said, you got to give Chris Paul props for what he's doing right now. And you know what? You're absolutely right, Rob. Chris Paul is playing like a guy who understands this is his only chance. Chris Paul understands that if he does not get it done this year, he's probably never winning a ring unless he goes and uh, joins a super team and gets something in it. It's somewhat of a role player. Chris Paul understands that. So he's out there playing. He's out there going hard, and I give him much props for that. But the reality is, this is not Chris Paul's team. This is Devin Booker's team. And if Devin Booker's not out there doing what he's doing, then what Chris Paul's doing doesn't even matter. So let's not just act like Chris Paul has put the team on his back and is carrying them all by himself. He's obviously a very important part of it. If he's not doing what he's doing, they're going to be struggling. They're probably not winning. So I'm not trying to take anything away from Chris Paul. But let's also look at the fact of what Aiton's doing. Let's look at the fact of what Booker's doing. Let's look at how well the role players have played in the first two games of this season or this series. Those are very important pieces to this puzzle. So let's, let's not just go through all the you know praise on Chris Paul and act like he's carrying the team. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to just quickly respond to uh... – Rob's comment here, mainly because he wins everywhere, not just this year. Well, you know, for me, there's championships and not championships, right? Um, you either win championships or you don't. It's great to win 50 games, 60 games, 70 games, 80 games if you can. But if you don't win championships, it doesn't really matter. And in order to win championships, you have to be able to get there. So throughout his career, good, good regular season player, great regular season player. We can even go that far. Really good in the rounds of the playoffs he's been in, but he's never been able to get a team over the hump until he's on here. This team now that was already really good without him. And I'm not knocking Chris Paul at all. 
Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just stating the facts on the situation. Yeah. This was a team that since the bubble last year has been the best team in the NBA. Yep. If we being hundred percent honest, but here's the thing. Giannis is Giannis is playing well. If he gets Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday to make more shots, some of those other guys on the bench play better because they're mm-hmm. at home. Don't think the series is over yet. Don't sleep on the Milwaukee Bucks. They didn't get to the NBA Finals by beating Miami Heat, who beat them last year, then turn around and play who most people thought were going to win the championship and beat them, even without one of those big threes, still a hard-fought series, and they came out and won it, and then turn around and beat the Atlanta Hawks team that everybody said was going to beat them. So remember this. Don't count a team out until they're out. We love to talk about, oh, you know, it's 2-0. It's over. It's over. We've seen in this particular playoffs right here multiple times where teams were down 0-2 and won the series. So let's not forget Let's not forget all that and then all of a sudden say because Devin Booker and Chris Paul's team is up 2-0 that this series is over. It's not. Trust and believe yeah. the series is not over. Now, yeah. is it going to be an easier path for Phoenix? Absolutely can't deny that. All they have to do is win two games out of five, right? Milwaukee's got to win four games out of five. That's going to be harder to do, but They've done it already in this playoffs, and they can do it again. Yeah. At the end of the day, we've seen this numerous times, and you know I've said it many times over the years. I don't feel like you can honestly judge a series until both teams have played that home game. And the reason I always say that is very simple. Until you see what someone's going to do with the first opportunity to defend their home court, you don't really know what a series is. Yeah, you got Phoenix role players over there playing lights out in games one and two. They go on a road to Milwaukee, they might go out there and play like crap. And guess what? If they go out there and play like crap, I don't know that you're going to get enough out of just your big three in Phoenix to win the game, especially if Milwaukee's role players step up. So that's why I think it's going to end up going to 2-2. Now, KL asked... Next week at this time is a series tied. I'd have to do some math and see how many games we're going to have in by then. But if it's going, if we're at game six by then, I'm going to say no because I've picked Phoenix to win this series in six and I'm still sticking with that. Well, I can tell you this uh, Milwaukee's going to win this game. It's going to be on, I think, Sunday night. And then the next game is Wednesday. So by the time we come on next week, um, we should be at. Preparing for game five. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah it will be tied. It will be tied, yeah. It will be tied. Yeah, like and I, I said, there's this... a slight possibility Phoenix might still win them games in Milwaukee, but if I had to put money on it, I, I would say it's going to be tied. And I, I will say this. Here's the thing. A lot of people are saying, like, oh, you know, Phoenix role players have to, you know, they're, they're not going to play as well because they're not at home. Ask yourself this. The last game – with really Giannis and then other people just kind of get a couple of buckets here and there. Let's be real. They lost by 10 points. Ask yourself if Phoenix can still score 118 points. Can they be Milwaukee at home if their role players play enough to make up 10 points? First game, they lost by 13. So we lost a game by 13, Milwaukee. They lost another game by 10. So we're looking at two losses, um, both of them barely double digits. So, We're looking at that for the team. What we're saying is, okay, this is a team that just needs to make up a few buckets and they can win this, those games. So if you don't think they can get that difference at home and still play as well as they did on the road, as far as everything else, because let's not act like there were blowouts, right? Right. So if you're not blowing a team out, then what we're really saying is there's a little equality in in what they're doing. You're able to get a little bit more. You're at home. you got home crowd. you got the home cooking. You're getting a little bit more. Now that's going to reverse. Now, if we were looking at two games where Phoenix came in and dominated, they were winning those games by 20, 30 points. Milwaukee just had no answers for them. They couldn't stop them at all. You know, they, they just look like they're overmatched. That's one thing. We haven't really seen that. We've seen one coach really outplay the other coach, but we've still seen the team be able to stick in. So they know what they're playing with. If you're a Milwaukee Buck, you know straight up, I have the weaker coach in this situation. Yep. Mike Budenholzer is not is nowhere near as good of a coach as Monty Williams. Not even close. That's not that's not even debatable, right? The only person and that you, might argue and if you that want to you, debate that, look, and if you their want last to name is that, Budenholzer. 
Look, if you want to debate that, I will happily put the link in the chat. You can come on air with us and we will debate it with you. Oh, nobody's going to take that bait. Nobody's going to take that bait. I, I mean, I just want to throw it out there, you know. All I'm saying is if I'm betting, if, I, if I'm a person saying, oh, Phoenix is going to win, I get that. And the reason I say I get that is they have the home court, right? So theoretically speaking, if Phoenix goes out and wins all four games at home, doesn't matter what Milwaukee does, they can win the series. So Milwaukee's got to be able to go in Phoenix and win a game. But before that, what Milwaukee has to do is be able to go and win these two games at home, tie this thing back up, and let's get this series best of three. If they can't do that, then a lot of people are going to be right. And for once, Milwaukee, who I've been saying, you know, all along is going to be the champion, will not be the champion. But until that happens, let's not count Milwaukee out yet. Yeah, I mean that's that's really what it boils down to. Um, let's not let's not act like Milwaukee is just getting completely outclassed out there. They're getting yes. out coached, yes. Oh yeah, but, definitely getting out coached. And, and that's not going to change. That's going to happen all throughout the series. Every series they've been out coached. They've been they've had the worst coach in every series. They've had the worst coach in the playoff period. But at the end of the day, this is. A situation where we're going to see this go back and forth and yeah. people they always do this every time somebody gets up 2 0 it's like oh it's over we've seen this play out how many times i mean it took the clippers losing Kawhi leonard and it still took them to game six to finally fall to phoenix despite they started every single series in the playoffs so too Right. And then and seriously, the thing, too, is and this is not to take away from Phoenix and not say that they're a rightful contender. Right. They deserve to be where they're at. And it's not saying like, oh, they're trash. I can't believe they won those games. It's saying the first two games, the walking need to go in and take one. They were not able to do that. So now you have to defend home court and you've got to find a way to win either game. If you can get it that far, which I think they can. But if you can get it that far, either game five or game seven on the road. So that's the that's what the real truth is of the series. You know, I understand why people all jokes aside, why a lot of people, especially in North Carolina where I'm at, they got a lot of love for Chris Paul. Okay, cool. Um, I can understand why people nationwide feel like the Phoenix is a better team and they're gonna win the series. But the best part about me watching sports, the best part about this whole playoffs is Everyone decides who's going to win, and a lot of times that's not who wins, right? Because remember, a lot of people don't have Milwaukee here. A lot of people have had Milwaukee losing to the to the Hawks. Before that, they had them losing to the Nets. Before that, they had them losing to the Heat. They didn't. They kept it going, and they're where they are. So props to both teams, really, because it's hard to get to the NBA Finals. Personally, I love the new blood. I love it being two teams that haven't been in the finals in a long time together being there. And I think that's what's helping the ratings, right? Because there are a contingent of people that certain players are there, they're hating on them and they're watching to see them lose. But I think you're getting in more casual people because now you're like, oh, we ain't got to hear about that LeBron dude or that Kevin Durant dude. We can just watch two teams play and see what happens. So that may be a positive, you know what I'm saying, long term about this particular series. Now, I think once we get back to next year, we're going to see more of that, some of those top guys being in it again. But this may be, end up being an anomaly, but this is good for the NBA, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I will say as a basketball fan, I can appreciate having two teams that haven't really been there in a long time battling out. As a Lakers fan, it's the worst thing ever. It's terrible. Just <laughs> horrible. I think we should definitely do away with this idea forever. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm a Nuggets fan. You small market anyway, so I'm good with that. And I mean, KL, I feel you, bro. Like a lot of people honestly had the Nets winning. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, glad to see small market teams in it. If you went into the playoffs and you didn't at least have an expectation that the Nets could win it all, then you weren't watching. Right. But if you were watching, then you kind of see like they were looking good. And you know, we got all the media hype. Oh, Durant's coming. Durant's gonna be bad for the playoffs. But they never mentioned this dude hasn't played in a long time. So when you haven't played, you know what happens. When you don't play, you have to get back in playing shape. That's going to take some time. That doesn't happen immediately. 
I'm not I'm not sure if uh KOA saying it he's a Lakers fan also and he's cheering in my pain or uh that was like a sympathy emoji or what that was, but <laughs> I'm sure he'll let you know. But yeah, man, I just you know I'm happy that you know we have the, the new teams in there. And you know, I don't blame people for betting against you know certain teams because you look at paths, you think I don't know that they can get past this person, they can get past this person. When the playoffs started, there were very few people that had these two teams in the playoffs. There's probably very few people that had either one of these teams in the playoffs. So I'm happy they're there, and it does bring some some freshness and some excitedness to the series. And one big shout shout out I want to give Devin Booker. Devin Booker was a guy that was mentored by Kobe, right? Kobe's talked to him about different things. And Kobe helped kind of put that mentality in this young man, like, go be a dog. And I mean, I say this a lot about different sports, but go be a dog. You know, go out there. When the other team is down, don't pick your foot up off their throat. Put your foot on their throat harder. And that's what we've seen Phoenix do in these first two games and throughout the playoffs. And that's how you're supposed to play basketball, right? You're not supposed to get up 15, 20 points and then lose by 15. You're supposed to get up 15, 20 points and then you're supposed to win by 20, right? Yeah. That's what's supposed to happen. Now Milwaukee's good enough where they haven't been beaten this series by that much, but these games are pretty much over by the time we get to the last few minutes. So shout out to Phoenix for doing their job as far as, we're winning, we're getting up, and we're not letting you back in the game. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, we got confirmation that was a uh, sympathy emoji. So I, I appreciate your uh, <laughs> appreciate your sympathies there. The, you know, the one thing I will give both Devin Booker and Chris Paul credit on, and I'm going to throw a third name into this list also, which is pain. Because what I have seen out of those three guys is especially the end of games. And obviously the first two, you've seen it out of a lot more, but I'm going to throw pain in there because he deserves credit as a role player for, for doing this. When the games start to get maybe a little bit tight, they've got a lead, they start to lose it. Those guys aren't just going, oh, let me just settle for three-pointers or let me settle for 20-foot shots. Those guys are getting into the paint and taking high percentage shots or they're making smart passes. And... You expect that from Chris Paul. He's been in the league a long time. He plays point guard. That's really his responsibility. You expect that. Devin Booker is a young guy. So a lot of times with young guys, we feel like they should do it, but we don't necessarily expect them to actually do it. So kudos for him for taking that. Like you said, Kobe taught him these things. He passed that down to him. So kudos to him for going out there and actually using it and applying it. But the one that impressed me the most, man, is, is pain because – He's out there doing it when nobody expects it. Nobody expects a role player to put the ball on the, on the ground and, and drive to the hole and finish strong like he's been doing. So much props to him. I remember we talked about him during the Lakers series. And I said, man, if they keep getting what they're getting out of him, they're going to be unstoppable. And you were like, they're not going to keep getting what they're getting out of him. But he's he's proven us wrong. He's actually kept giving them exactly what he gave him in that first round. Well, um, I'm going to have to disagree to some of that. Because there is actually another person that you haven't mentioned that's been more important to them in the um, the Western Conference Finals and the NBA Finals so far, and that's Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson, UNC boy, has been hitting big shots. When he's yeah, in the yeah. game, he's hitting big shots. So Cam um, Payne is not doing as much because Cam Johnson's picking up some of that. So Cam Johnson isn't doing as much as he was in the early earlier rounds. He is still helping out, and he's – He's he's being more mental about the game. He's being more, all right, I don't always have to make the play. Sometimes it's the pass that helps. It's knowing that Cameron Johnson's over here, and he's going to hit that three if I give him the rock. So that's kind of happening as well. And I think Cam Johnson is a big reason why they're winning um, games, not just this series, but why they've been winning is because when you can take a guy off the bench, you can put him in the game, and he can start dropping threes for you automatically. And he can also, something he's developed since he's been in the league a little bit more, it's taking the ball to the hole. So he can pull up on you, make threes when he's open, but he can also take it to the hole. So I think he's another guy that's been a big reason why they're doing it and see what Milwaukee's got to do is have their guys counteract that. You got to have your guys on the bench come in and do some of those things. I think Milwaukee needs to make some lineup changes too. Talk about that another time, but I just think maybe some lineup changes would help them out as well. 
<laughs> you, bet, you might want to go and talk about it. There might not be no opportunity to talk about it. Uh, uh it's it. still good series. <laughs> now you're right. I mean, I bring it up pain because of what he's he's doing it at the end of games when when they need those those opportunities. But if we're talking about over the course of an entire game, yeah, not taking anything away from Cam Johnson, he's been a really big part of their success. So much uh much love for him and what he's doing. So KL said, what can Milwaukee do better at defensively? Well, um, let me answer that question by saying this. I think they've given up 112, I believe, in 118. So you're holding what a lot of people say are one of the most explosive offenses in the NBA to under 120 points every game with the first two games. So what Milwaukee can actually do better is make shots. I've, um, I said a little bit a while ago that I think that for Milwaukee, what they have to do is they have to bang the ball in a little bit more and they have to keep the score 125 or under. Their best chance to win is keeping the score 125 or under. So defensively, even though there's lapses and different things that they can clean up, but you're going to have those things when you're having switches and you know, you're having guys that are not as good defensively needing to play because you need what they bring on the offensive end. I think that um there's not really a lot more that they can do. <laughs> Silly dude. Uh, but I think what they really need to do is just focus, man, and make their shots. You know, um, Billy Vimble says um, he thinks it's going to be a sweep. That's fair, man. It's 2-0. You know, I'm not knocking anybody that says, oh, I think it's going to be a sweep. You know, it's all good. So, so you're saying that you don't feel like Kale's idea of bringing you in to play defense is going to work, man? I do not believe that that would be a wise decision for Milwaukee to make because I'm basically P.J. Tucker, <laughs> but shorter. So I think they would be better off without me. <laughs> yeah, and, and don't don't even bother throwing me in there because, you know, I, I'm going to be like that looking like Spud Webb, so don't. <laughs> but I could help them on figuring out the defense that's needed what things we could clean up. That's where I could help because I tell you who ain't doing it. Boot and hopes. That's who ain't doing it. I, I'm really <laughs> trying to feel like you have something against uh, Mike Boone Holes, man. I, you know. Well, here's the thing. I don't have anything against him, but he's not a good coach for this team. See, I think what we have, and this happens a lot, that's why we see coaches on teams two, three years and they get fired. You have guys that get these teams, right? Like when they got when he got in Milwaukee, you had Giannis, you had Chris Middleton, and then you had you know other pieces, right? A lot of them gone, been switched around. But then you got Drew Holiday this year. You know, um, they tried to go get Bogdan Bogdanovich, but that whole trade fell through because of whatever was going on there. But um, I think once you get that team that's a certain caliber, your talent can outdo your coach. And I truly believe the talent of this team is outdone Mike Budenholzer, and that's what's holding them back. He's not ready. He's not prepared to take a team at this point in his coaching career as a head coach and out coach another coach in the playoffs. And that and that's why I'm like, yo. Yeah, to me, I think the biggest thing that Milwaukee needs to do defensively is get on the boards because you are absolutely allowing Aiden to destroy you on the boards. And you can't give a team like Phoenix multiple opportunities on offense. You're going out there and letting yeah. this dude get 18, 19, 20 rebounds. And then you're giving these guys second shot opportunities and they're making you pay for it. If you even just limit him to 10 rebounds instead of 19 or 20, that probably makes up the 10 points you lost right there. So that to me is one of the most important things that Milwaukee needs to do. They need to get more aggressive on the boards. There's no reason that you're allowing one guy to just completely dominate you on the boards like that. Well, I mean, Giannis is doing the same thing to them. So I don't think it's really rebounds. I think it's situational rebounding. And again, intelligence. It all to me goes back to the coach because they're not crashing the boards enough throughout the game. I mean, there are, there are times when they do it and you look at it and be like, yeah, they, they, they really get it. But a lot of times you look at it and you're like, what in the world is these rules doing? Y'all are winning the rebounding game for the game, 
but like you said, there was one there was one series last night where Phoenix shot the ball, got a rebound, shot it, missed it, got a rebound, shot it, missed it, got a rebound, shot it, missed it, got a rebound, like four or five times before there actually was a shot. How can you as Milwaukee allow that to happen? You know, but I think that's just, you know, I don't know, fatigue, not really putting that extra little bit of effort in there, maybe not feeling that sense of, of, um, a sense of, I'm going to say sense of dread yet, like that, oh, we here, if we don't do what we need to do, we're going home without a championship. So I, that's, I think that urgency, that's another way we can put it. That urgency hasn't always been there, but that urgency better be there starting tomorrow. I mean, uh, Sunday, excuse me. That urgency better be there starting Sunday. Believe that. Yeah, and, and I was actually just looking at the, the scores just to kind of see comparatively what Phoenix has scored over the course of the playoffs and taking the Denver series out where they score over 120 pretty much every game. Against the Lakers and the Clippers, they had maybe a couple of games where they scored about what they're scoring against Milwaukee. And the rest of the games, they were right under or right above 100 points. So Milwaukee is giving up a little bit more points than what the Lakers and the Clippers did to them. But again, we're only talking like 10, 15 points on average. So you again go back to what I was just saying. Get on the defensive boards. It's great that Giannis is, you know, getting some rebounds, but you're not getting defensive boards. You're not stopping second shot opportunities, and you're not capitalizing on your second shot opportunities. If you get on the defensive board, you cut down some of Phoenix's opportunities, and you start making some of those second chances you're getting from Giannis crashing the boards, that's going to help you. You go out there, you make some of the changes my co-host already talked about. That's going to help you. So erasing that deficit really isn't that big of a deal. There's just a couple of things they need to do differently. It's not like a major overhaul they need to do. They just need to make a couple of changes, and they can get that scoring down to what Phoenix has averaged throughout the playoffs. Well, man, like I say, to me, it's not really – that side, it's just they got to do a little bit more, um, you know, themselves offensively, right? To me, that's the difference. Some big stops would help, but I think we're they're in the right range where we would expect those two teams to be based on the way that they both play and based on the way that, you know, Milwaukee's played throughout the playoffs. We'll have a couple of games that may be a little bit lower, not down drag out. Um, those are probably going to be road games for Phoenix. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they've – they're, they're where I think they could be and still win. I guess so, I'll, so put, big, I'll put it that way. So I don't know if you saw, I just put Billy's comment up there. It says that the Bucks really don't have anyone that can get a bucket inside. I'm going to assume that there was like an understood except Giannis in there. Like, <sighs> and, you know, I would argue that they do have some other people who can score inside. Yeah, they've been killing um, you know, Phoenix inside. Last game they outscored them quite a bit inside. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you've got Brook Lopez is a guy that when he decides that he wants to go down low, he can get buckets. As I said, Drew Holiday's had a lot of drives that he just blew layups, which are in the paint. Um yep. on the inside. You know, Porters can get in there, Bobby Porters, Jr. can get in there, get some points. Of course, Giannis, you know, Chris Middleton's got the height, he can get rebounds, second chance opportunities. So, I mean, you have guys that can do that. Um, you haven't seen them all do it as much in Billy's defense. And the reason for that is they fall in love with the three-point line too much. You shouldn't take – I think they took 32 threes last game. I was looking over the stats earlier because uh, I just want to figure out – like I watched the game, and I know why watching the game, why I understood why they lost. But I also want to just take a few minutes, look at the stats, and try to figure out like really – what do the stats tell you as to why certain things happen the way they happen? One of those things is with them, they have to continue to win inside, but you don't need to take as many threes. Get the ball down low. Make things happen down there. Don't worry about what's happening on the perimeter. If they hit a three, that's great. If you make one out of two threes, you're an exceptional three-point team. If you keep posting the ball, feeding the ball inside, and give up on some of those threes, short-range jump shots, and take it to the goal, Two things will happen. Number one, you'll free up your shooters when there's opportunities there. Number two will happen, which is really important, 
very smart that will happen to be crazy is other people will go to the line of set for Giannis. And guess what? Most of the rest of the team, they actually do make free throws. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, if you actually look at the numbers. So I, I've got it pulled up. Milwaukee shot 23 free throws. Phoenix only shot 14. But Phoenix shot 85%. Milwaukee shot 65. Mm-hmm. Now, anybody care to uh, look up the numbers and see how many of those 23 free throws were taken by Giannis? It was a lot of them, which tells <laughs> me the other guys were settling for jump shots and they Way weren't being aggressive. They weren't being aggressive. And that's what my co-host means when he says, look at the stats and try to figure out what's going on. Yep. When you have me looking at the stats, then you already know things are crazy. I see that comment. So, so we got a comment here that if you put LeBron on the Bucks, he would have figured out how to beat the Suns after game one. Well, here's the thing. Whether he would have or would not have, here's what we do know. And I say this is Lakers fans, so this is not fun for me to say. But LeBron didn't figure out how to get it done in round one. So I'll just leave it at that. Oh, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> that doesn't matter because it's LeBron. Here's the fact about it, man. <clears throat> it's real simple when we say this for that comment. You could say the same by the same token. Ah, oh, if you put Giannis on uh, the Lakers, you know, and he's able to do what he's doing now, scoring 40 a game, the Lakers would have won in the first round. We could say, oh, if Steph Curry was on the books, they could have won. Oh, if this person was there, if Steph Curry would have been on the Nuggets, maybe the Nuggets win. We can do that all day. Yeah. But that's not how the teams are constituted. Right. If one team's in the finals with Giannis, one team's at home with LeBron. So I know you've been covering the Bucks all year mm-hmm. for for another show that you do. Mm-hmm. And so I want to hear what your comments are on, on this or your thoughts are on this comment that the Bucks don't know how to beat zone. So I say this. They don't make the right decisions to beat the zone. And maybe they're split in words, but I look at it that way, which I do agree with the portion about coaching fault. They have spurts where they beat the zone really solidly. They have spurts where they work the ball around, they get the good shot. You know, we saw several uh, examples of in the last game where, you know, they worked the ball around, they ended up getting the ball to Giannis down low for a little fadeaway or easy bucket. We saw those things. But what we also saw was times where they looked like they didn't understand how to beat the very same zone. So I have to at least partially agree with that comment just because – Again, <laughs> coaching. Might be a holster, B.O.B. <laughs> They're pretty similar. The difference is I think Boone Holzer can get better over time. B.O.B. I think is always in a decline. So, But I would say and- there may be meeting right now, or maybe Boone Holzer is a little bit over him. But I think he can still continue to ascent in the coaching ranks where BOB should not be coaching uh, Pee Wee football. And, 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 for, and for those who are new to the show that might not know what that is in reference to, BOB is Bill O'Brien, who uh, my co host had quite a epic rant on last year, year before, whenever it was. So, yeah. Bill O'Brien does not get much love on the show. He would never not at be all. guest on the show. Don't even worry about it. Just... Not at all. He does <laughs> not get love here. Now, uh, Big E, thanks for joining us as well. Says more shots don't mean more baskets. That is true. Yeah. More good shots mean more baskets. So right. take higher percentage shots, right? That's how you offset some of the things that happen. Take higher percentage shots. All the shots don't have to be threes. If he just goes down to make a three, we don't have to match it. You know, no team has to match it. Denver didn't have to match it when we played them. You know, the Lakers didn't have to match it when they played them. You don't have to match what they do. You know, if, I, if I'm playing at the local 
YMCA, right? And I'm playing a guy that shoots a lot of threes, and I'm not a good three-point shooter. I don't have to try to match what he does. Let me do what I do. That's how you play basketball. So let's look at it that way. We don't have to match what another person does. Play your game. Continue to use your advantage and play your game. That's how you win. So, so, so y'all don't have to uh, match it, man. No, we don't have to match it. You <laughs> have to match it. I, I love, I love the fact that you're you've you've been covering the Bucks so much for your other show that you've you keep forgetting that they're not your team and you keep saying we. It's like the third time you've done this show, and I laugh every time. Well, some of the times I'm saying we because I'm talking in general terms, but yeah, you know, well, however you want to take it. It is what it is. Oh, that's how I'm taking this, sir. That's exactly. Yeah, how I mean, I'm you can take it however you want to, bro. I can't to, tell you how to take stuff. To, I can't tell you how to take stuff. I ain't got time yeah. for that. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, more shots doesn't necessarily mean more baskets, but more shots do mean more opportunities, meaning that you at least have an opportunity to get more baskets. If you're not getting more shots, then you're limiting your opportunities. So, and you know what? When you limit opportunities, that definitely doesn't mean more baskets. So, there's that. First time films. No. <laughs> We're just going to uh, say no. Wait, just for the people on audio, the question was, did someone say Cowboys? And the answer is nope. Nope. Not at all. Unless, unless you, unless you heard Cowboys when we said Bill O'Brien, in which case I would totally accept those two things being in one sentence together. <laughs> it wasn't said though. It wasn't said at all. <laughs> wasn't said at all. The, the only time anybody said it is when I read that question. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good slide in though. I mean, I, I got to give you yeah. props for trying to slide in, but nah, nah, yeah. No. But, but but it's all good, man. We appreciate you uh, you being here. So I mean, if you got a question or comment about the Cowboys that you like for us to discuss, type it in the chat. We'll be happy to discuss it. So <laughs> first time feels for y'all. Let's watch. Just listen to audio. Says let's be respectful now. So I mean, hey, we didn't disrespect. We just said we weren't uh, talking about them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey man, I'm a I'm a Niners fan, as you can see by the jerseys in the background. You know, we got our big rivalry from the '80s and the '90s. And this guy over here is an Eagles fan, so I actually felt like that was the really respectful version of what we could have seen. <laughs> that was the super respectful version. That was like me straining on the inside to be respectful. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he says, America's team, that's all I can say. So see, here's here's one thing you have to learn about uh, fans of that particular team, of first-time films teams. This is one thing you have to learn. They like to try to force you to say something about them so they can throw out their outdated moniker. And then they want you to keep talking so they can keep throwing out things, uh, stats about them from 1997, 98. So what I've I've learned to do is uh, (laughs) just basically say, you know what, man? I'm going to let them do their thing. Let them have their glory from last century and it's all good and we we got uh tyler ingram also joining he said go pack go we'd love to hear your comments on uh what you think is going on with uh aaron Rodgers, man are you are you kind of sick of aaron Rodgers at this point do do you are you hoping for a a love connection and bring aaron back what 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 do you hope it happens out of this i'm i'm curious to hear just from a packers fan what their thoughts are yeah, definitely, definitely. So, you know, let Tyler, uh, <clears throat> if he feels like sharing with us, you know what I'm saying? We'll rock with that. If not, man, I get it. You might want to wait and kind of see what happens. It all depends on how he's feeling about that. Hold up now. B- B- Billy V over here uh, laughing at the Packers. Isn't he a Lions fan? He is a Lions fan. I mean, I guess they are the same division. So, okay, you you laughing at at a fellow division rival? Okay, I, that's yeah, that's fine. Exactly. I get it. That's, I'll let you that make, slide. I mean, you got you got to take the shots when they're there, right? Especially yeah, yeah, I'll let, I'll let the division slide. with that's, the Packers, that's right? That's acceptable. I'll, I'll let that slide. You got to You got to Whenever they ain't got, whenever someone else is without in the division without somebody, oh, you got to You got to You got to laugh it up at them. 
Absolutely. Don't act like you don't do that. Don't act like you don't do that, man. Stop that mess. Oh, we know you yeah, do that. Absolutely. Even even when my team was winning like two games and firing our coach every year, I was over there laughing every time somebody in my division did something stupid. True. Hey, you know what, man? Since we're getting all this NFL talk, why don't we go ahead and slide over and talk a little NFL, right? So we in the offseason. We don't really have too much of anything really going on as of yet besides the Aaron Rodgers saga, you know, and um, how long is it going to take for the Cowboys to implode? But besides those two consistent storylines, we have a lot of things going on. But one of the things I thought we could kind of speak about, and everyone in the, in the chat, feel free to give your comments on that as well. But what I wanted to kind of speak on real quick is what does everyone think um, as far as division winners right now? Who do you believe are locks to win a division? And then what divisions do you think may be a little, um, a little bit more complicated or there may not be a clear winner for those divisions? Oh, but by the way, he, he hasn't typed in a chat, but I do see a reaction on a, uh... On the top here that uh, Craig Farrell is also joining us. So I uh, appreciate you tuning in too, Craig. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you you want to just actually run by each division? Is that how you want to do this? Or are you are this a free-for-all? What are we doing? Yeah, let's just go by division, right? Yeah, let's so, go by division. So so it seems like we got some NFC East fans in the house. Oh. And uh so we got first time film says NFC East is in the air. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, y'all division always in the air. That's not true, but it is right now. That's not true. Yeah. All right. So I, I know it's in the air, but you know what? It's the off season. We don't even know who the 53 man rosters are yet. Make your, make your best bad guess. Who's going to win the NFC East. Are you really going to even ask me that question? Do I need to get the homer alert banner up? Just, <laughs> When you asked the question, you should have already had the banner up. <laughs> you know I'm going to say the Eagles. You know I'm going to say the Eagles. This guy. You know, this I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. I, I'm actually going to say the Giants. I think the Giants are actually going to win the division. We got two Cowboys in the chat so far. We got a Giants in the chat. Okay, so, so, we, so we got... Uh, First time films showing his homerism like you did. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm gonna pick the Niners when we did NFC West too, so I'm not judging. Okay. <laughs> Billy said the Cowboys, of course. Easy E also went the Homer route and picked New York. Hey man. If you have a team in the division, should you really pick another team in the division? No. Yeah, so I mean, come on. So um, I tell you what, man, we kind of see. I think we've gotten about what we're gonna get from the uh, from that one. So how about this? NFC West. You know, I'm taking the Niners. I, I've, do you, already, the, I've already made. Do clear. you feel that there's a clear winner? That's the question. Do you feel I, that the I NFC do. West is a division where there's a clear one team better than everybody else? I do. I mean, I told you multiple times last year that. If it were not for injuries, I didn't really see anybody that I felt was a true threat to us in the division. So, yeah, I, I feel like we're a clear winner. Maybe there's some homerism in there, but that's how I feel. Yeah, I, I definitely there's a little homerism in there. I think it's a little bit up for a toss-up. I think Seattle, um, if they can get their quarterback happy, they have a, a quality shot. Um, I'm actually curious to see Stafford because I think this whole Stafford thing – I know Billy V said earlier he's very happy that Stafford's, you know, gone from uh, Detroit. But I think if Stafford plays well with the Rams, the Rams could be a, a, a dark horse as well as the Cardinals. And y'all, I really think you have one of the most open divisions. And I think you're going to get three teams in the playoffs this coming season. Yeah. Now, I, I will say this Arizona is an up and coming team. The, the Rams. Their biggest problem was Jared Goff. So they definitely agreed the quarterback position, which should help them. I just can't give them any credit yet until I actually see Stafford go out there and make them better. So that's, for me, why I'm kind of like not 
all in on them. I'm a little surprised that nobody's picked Seattle though, because you know, Russell Wilson is is always a difference maker. I'm a um, I'm gonna actually pick Seattle. Okay. I'm gonna pick Seattle to win, and I'm gonna pick y'all second um, to make the playoffs as well behind them. Okay, that's my pick, but I think it's tight. It's not. It's not. It's not a big gap. Um, we got to vote for the Rams. We got to vote for the Cardinals, and then. Okay. Got Kale yeah. as a torn between the, the Niners and, and, and Seattle. Hey, you know what, Kale? I feel you, bro. Because really, it's it's that tight. You know what I'm saying? Like it's really tight in there. Yeah. It's a lot of teams in that division. I think it's the hardest one, in my opinion. Now let's go yeah. to the NFC South. Yeah. So the I South. Will, I will just I will just throw out and just say real quick that although I think the Niners are a clear winner, I'm not really upset that anybody's picking any of the other teams because it is a, the toughest division in football possibly. So I'm not mad about any of those picks. Yeah, we go to the South. Uh, we get. Clearly, it's the Buccaneers, right? You have to say the Buccaneers in the South. Um, but I'd say this. Do you think the, the South has another playoff caliber team besides the Buccaneers? Because we know the Buccaneers are going to win a division. And if you disagree that you don't think it's the Buccaneers, then, hey, feel free to hop in this chat right now. If you're watching on replay, feel free to send us a message. Get on our Facebook page and tell me I'm wrong. But, hey, please. Please let me know if you think there's a team other than the Buccaneers is going to win the NFC South. I'm going to say the Panthers could be a surprise and actually make the playoffs, but I don't think they can win a division over the Buccaneers. Um, I'm going to say the Saints are going to have to regress with, uh, you know, Jameis Winston probably being their starting quarterback. And I'm going to say the Falcons, while there'll be a cutesy team that'll put up a lot of uh, points and some high scoring games, high scoring games, I mean, but I don't think they're going to be able to do much besides be on the cusp and be looking at the playoffs. Yeah, I think part of it also is somewhat dependent because we, we got a couple other teams in the NFC that depending on what they do will ultimately decide if the South can get two teams in. So okay. I think that there's going to be a couple teams that are going to be right there close to getting into the playoffs. The Falcons probably be one of those teams. The Panthers probably be one of those teams. Like you said, I think the Saints are going to take a step back this year. But, you know, I'm not completely writing the Saints off because it depends on how much did Jameis get better over the last year sitting behind Drew Brees. That, that's going to be what's going to be interesting to watch and how much they decide they want to throw Taysom Hill in there. Like I said, Buccaneers. <laughs> but nah, yeah, we so we did get one vote for the Falcons. Okay. Um we also got someone that said Tom Brady. I mean it's fair. Buccaneers Tom Brady. Tampa Bay. It's fair. He's, he, um, he's no, he he's referencing this uh this whole conversation about Tom Brady being the best athlete to ever play in any sport. Okay, man. I mean, hey, you can have your opinion, you know. I don't share it, but you can have your opinion. Um NFC North. We've got the Packers, Bears, Vikings, and Lions. Um, I think Packers win if they can get somehow Aaron Rodgers back without that. This is division is pretty much a free-for-all as well because the Bears, let's just say if you're starting Andy Dalton for any portion of the season, there are some problems with your team. And the biggest problem is That's who you brought in to be your starter. I mean, there's no other way to put that. But um, I do agree a little bit with KL here, though. If you got to pick a winner, if the Packers don't have uh, Aaron Rodgers, which as of now looks like that's the case, I have to say the Vikings are probably the team that most likely can win the divisions. Yeah, it, it seems like this might be a clear-cut one just based on, on who's in the chat here, because everyone is picking the Vikings. If Aaron Rodgers actually comes back and plays for Green Bay, yeah, I think they will. I'm going to pick them. But if he doesn't, I'm actually going to go Minnesota also. To me, they're the next logical yeah. choice. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's really not that difficult. You know what I'm saying? Like, not to be funny, it's just not that difficult. Yeah. It's like, don't overthink the situation. We know there's really two teams that have a chance right now as it looks today, to be the winners. 
So, yeah. you know, no need to overthink it. All right. AFC. AFC South. Titans. Colts. All I need y'all to do is have that guy um, that's your quarterback play uh, 75% of the snaps. That's all I need y'all to do for me. Yeah. You know, this one's a little bit tougher because I, I'm a little bit torn between the Colts because I really like what they have on defense. But I'm going to go Tennessee also. Tennessee's not bad on defense either. No, they're there. not. No, they're not. I like, I like what Tennessee brings to the table. Yeah, Tennessee, I mean, and then with the Julio Jones pickup, bro, like, I don't think people understand. They had Josh Reynolds already. They had A.J. Brown, right? Now you add Julio to that, so he's in a position where he can be the second or third receiver. And if you watch, I've had him in fantasy before, so I have watched him play, right? One of the things about Julio is you can line him up anywhere on the field. So when you have guys that you can line up anywhere on the field, you always have an opportunity to be like, all right, we can make this happen. We can win games because if you're taking, if you if you have like two really good corners, um, and you're taking away both sides of the field, throw Julio in the slot, let him do his thing. And as KL also said that I completely agree with, he's clearly going to be motivated this year. Yeah, Julio's and definitely so, going to be motivated. And, and Billy Billy V said he's taking uh, the Colts. That's a that's a logical pick. Like I can't knock you yep. for for making that pick. That's a logical pick. You know what I'm saying? I do, I do want to just throw out there real quickly that for whoever is in our keeper league that has AJ Brown, you know what? Julio is going to completely destroy his fantasy numbers this year. You should drop him. Just go ahead and drop him right now. Just don't even think about it. <laughs> this dude here, man. This dude here. I ain't gonna mess with that, man. All right, so we're gonna go to the AFC East, right? Yep. So we got the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Bills, I'm gonna say Bills. Even with Cam playing, I think better than he played last year in this offensive overhaul and some guys coming back that were out with COVID on defense. I think Buffalo's kind of turned that corner and they got to that point where they're that team now. And you gotta come see them to win that division. Yeah. You know, there's a part of me that almost wants to say Miami has a good chance here, but I need to see some real growth out of two of this year before I can put them in that position. So I'm I'm going to stick with Buffalo. Oh, if you're Miami, you're taking two out in the inner games and putting in Fitzpatrick, talking about he's a closer, like you're a baseball team. <laughs> Until that's a few years in the past. Even if he has a good season, that's going to always be on my mind when I think about Tua. Not his fault, but that's the first thing I'm going to think about when I think about Tua. Yeah. AFC North is another division I think, truthfully speaking, and I'm not just saying this. I mean it. Every team could win that division. Yeah. The Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Bengals. And the reason why I put the Bengals in, and I know that's the team you're talking about maybe, the reason I say maybe the Bengals too is Joe Burrow's going to be healthy and he's got his tar- his college target and you're adding it to a team that already was solid at the wide receiver position. So you went out and you did something that some people doubt and you fixed the strength. You went and made a strength stronger, right? You already had a good, you know, pretty good wide receiver room. You went and added a, a quality first round pick in that room. You have a young quarterback. You're able to get a receiver that he's familiar with, that he has chemistry with, sitting at the top of the draft, and you're not reaching to get him. Yeah, you need lime, you need other things. But I'd be doggone if I don't make that pick either. That's a really smart pick. And I think that pick is going to help them. And I do believe it's a four-team race. But at the end of the day, I do believe the team is going to come out is going to be the team with the best defense, in my opinion, and that's the Ravens. So I think that Cincinnati is a year away. And the reason I say that is because they need to do some work on the offensive line in order to have a real chance of winning that division. I'm not mad about the pick they made. I think it was a smart pick. But they do need to work on the offensive line before they have a chance to win that division. To me, it is a three-team race. So let's see. We got Billy Venable says Ravens. 
Joe Reese says, if Harris pans out, which I think he will, and Big Ben can stay healthy, we're going to put a big if on that one. Uh, Pittsburgh <laughs> takes the AFC North, and they don't get sent home after the first game of the playoffs. I'm going to go ahead and be the different one here. I'm going to pick Cleveland. <laughs> Clowney now lining up opposite of Miles Garrett. That's scary. That offense started clicking last year. Cleveland wins the division. <laughs> uh, Billy V, I'm going to have to. I don't know if I say done, but I will go as far as to say that he's on his last legs as a QB. So I think he's closer to being done than not. I will say that. Um, you know, Bill Vinnable was not, just saying he thinks uh, Big Ben is done. He, he's not in like one of those nursing homes yet, but he's ready for like the independent living homes where like they put you <laughs> where you're around the other like retired people. That's that's where he is. <laughs> and shout out to Joe Reed as well for hopping on and uh, chatting with us as well. Appreciate you. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, I'm gonna say Ravens, like I say, uh, but I'm not. It's not. It's a tight race. So anytime you're talking about a tight race, you got to pick a team. I'm gonna pick the Ravens, but there are factors that could have any of those teams win. You know, we said the same thing about the Hawks that they were that they were a year away, right? And um, we were wrong then. We could be wrong again. Joe, Joe, Joe Reese said in, in regards to his big band, that's my quarterback. That's my teammate. Yeah, I mean, he did say too, you know, Clowney used to line up opposite of JJ. What the difference is, <laughs> Clowney at that point, there was this expectation he's gonna go out there and be a guy to give you 15 20 sacks. People not realize that's not who Clowney is, no, it's that's not, not yeah. what he's going to give you. Now that teams have a more realistic expectation of what they give him or what he can give them, they're going to game plan better for him when he was in Houston. They were just throwing him out there. I mean, we already had the conversation about Bob on this uh on this call. So, you know, let's let's just keep that in mind. Let's remember who is the coach, and you know, we'll just leave it at that. Very true. Very true. We got one division left, y'all. That's gonna be the AFC West. We got the Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. Honestly, I think that's a division order. The Chiefs are far and beyond the best team in this division. Now, let me um, ask you a Chargers. The, the rumor, the big rumor is if Aaron Rodgers does go somewhere, it would be Denver. If that happened, does that put them above Kansas City or no? No. That moves them from last to, to second. That doesn't put them above Kansas City because you got to remember this. If they're going to get Aaron Rodgers, they're going to have to give up a haul to get him. They're going to have to part with a top player on that team as well as draft picks, right? So they're going to be in a worse position overall team after making that trade. And plus, you got to match the salary. So I don't think it would put them above Kansas City, but I do believe it would put them as the second team in that division, whereas now I have them last. Um, I think the Chargers could move up depending on how Herbert, you know, plays this year and how much more dysfunctional um, yep. the Raiders get. <laughs> but I think right now we look at Chief Raiders, Chargers, Broncos, with the Chiefs, of course, being the cream of the crop that rises to the top. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that Kansas City wins this division, even if Aaron Rodgers comes into it. It, it would definitely move Denver up in the division but they're not going to win it i i think kansas city is, is the established winner of this division so if anybody disagrees throw that in the chat and let us know before we uh bounce out of here man ain't nobody gonna disagree with that you know what i'm saying ain't nobody gonna disagree with kansas city bro you know what i'm saying say what they not gonna do it nobody gonna disagree with kansas city i mean that's that's just you know what i'm saying that's just you have a couple of divisions where it's just yo this is the team you got others where it's like, yeah, you know, this team could also win it, but I think this team's better. And you got some like the e the NFC East, where it's just like everybody knows the Eagles. I don't know why they're playing 
but they want to say other teams, you know, just to make things um, interesting, I guess, you know. Yeah. We know what it is. But now the Eagles, man, there's a couple of teams, too, that we have to look at changes, right? Eagles being one, um, the Colts with the new quarterback being another. Several teams where you look at and you say there's going to be a lot of differences on the team versus last year. Personnel, coaches, staffs, you know, different positional coaches and things like that. Those things make a difference. But when we're looking at based on last year and based on additions, because we don't know how the coaching changes are going to be this year, we just have to do based on, you know, kind of a, a cornucopia is going to be my word I'm going to use this week of different things to figure that out. That's what it is. So, so Joe Reed said, I don't know about KC. They got kind of exposed in the Super Bowl. If you keep Hill <laughs> under control, what else do they really have besides Mahomes? Their best running back is small, and their only <laughs> other passing threat is Kelsey. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, Joe Reed, I'll simply say this. Until they got to the Super Bowl where they were missing two of their starting linemen, they did not look that bad. But if you want to tell me that the Tampa Bay, without two starting linemen for um, Kansas City, has came up with this uh, formula where you can now beat them, I am going to have to vehemently disagree with you. Well, there there is a formula for beating Kansas City, right? Take it out to the line before the game. The, the 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 formula for beating Kansas City is you need a very talented front four who can put constant pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and you need the referees to actually call holding at some point in the game. And if you had those two things happen, then Kansas City, we've seen in two straight Super Bowls, is very susceptible to that. Now, the good news for Kansas City is what I just said does not describe anybody at all in the AFC West. And we're not predicting Kansas City going to win the Super Bowl right now. We're just predicting them to win the AFC West. In the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so listen, everyone. You know, we had a lot of people hop on, hop off. I get it's you know, it's Friday, it's busy, we got different things going on, but appreciate everyone. That uh, you know, did hop on, spend a little time with us, chatted with us, you know, whatever you got on, however long you were on. So definitely much love. Hopefully, we'll see um a lot of y'all back for future episodes. Um, you know, if you didn't get a chance to check out the whole show, definitely check out our replay. Go and hit that subscribe button. Went too far, right there. Yep. And uh stay late then with us, man. You know, we try to have a good time, interactive as possible, talk some sports. Talk a little smack. That's what we do. Absolutely, man. And, you know, if you guys need to be able to listen to the show instead of watching, you can always catch us anywhere your favorite podcast or play. The podcast episodes usually come out a day or two later just because it takes time for them to populate. But you can always catch us on replay on podcast as well. So with that, man, I'm going to go ahead and drop the beat for them. When you hear the beat, that means we're getting to the end. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Appreciate everybody joining in the comments tonight. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Come back next Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, for live interactive sports talk with the Play Call. ATL to Charlotte, North Carolina. Y'all better know y'all that. Y'all better know that. <laughs> <laughs>